thought Brother Don Howard, would you lead us in prayer? Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be in your house this evening. I pray, Father, that you'd open our hearts and minds, give Brother Gary the words to speak. I pray you use him mighty in your work, and he bring honor and glory to you. I pray, Father God, for our nation. I pray for our leaders. I pray, Father, that, that they would turn unto you and seek you with all their hearts, Father God. I pray, Father, that you forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. And I pray, Father, for the sick that's been mentioned here to be thy will. Lay your hand upon them and touch them and heal For all these things, I ask in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Ah. So last uh, last Wednesday, we uh, we left uh, the spies giving a negative report and uh, and had all the people stirred up about entering in the promised land. And uh, so uh, we're going to begin reading in the verse uh, 1 of chapter 14. And if somebody would read me the first 12 verses, please. First 12 verses. Then uh, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, <coughs> and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us uh, into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunders. Uh, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jehunah of those who had spied out the land tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel saying the land which is passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they will be our prey. Their uh, protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But the, but the all the congregation said to the to stone them with stones, then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meetings to all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? And how long will they believe how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? I will smite them with a pestilence and expose them, and I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, when, you, when you look at this, uh, the, the first scripture that came into my mind uh, from the New Testament was where Jesus said that uh, he who taketh hold of the plows and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It plays out here, and you know, understand now in the New Testament why Jesus would make such a remark. God does not have, call us to go back to anything. He calls us to go forward, to follow him, to go where he wants us to go. Where are we headed now? Where are we going? What's our destination? Same place as theirs, the promised land. The land that's promised to us by a holy God 
that if we obey him, if we love him, if he saves us, if our name is written in the Lamb Book of Life, he's got a place prepared for us that where he is, we can be there with him. That is the promise that we have today. It's very similar to the promise that, that they have here that God was, had given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob years and years earlier before this, and now God is trying to fulfill this very promise that is uh, here. And, uh, and so the, the spies have gone out and they looked at the land. They came back and gave 10 of them, gave a negative report. All that's just, uh, it, it's like the land like they said, but it's, it's got giants in it and we look like grasshoppers to them. And, and the, the, the cities and the walls were just, and, and there's no way we can go in here and defeat these people. And so the people began to, to hear, they heard the 10, they didn't pay any attention to the two that said we can, they paid attention to the 10 that said we can. Is that a familiar thing that we see in today's world? Absolutely. And, and what did it lead to? When people began to listen to men instead of listening to God, what did that lead to? I want you to, to understand what it led to because it tells us here what it led to. What was it? They began to murmur and complain and gripe. Now what does that tell you? Because we got a lot of murmuring, complaining, and griping today. And what does that tell you? Somebody's listening to the wrong voice. Somebody is discontent. And, and, and you know, I used to, to uh, serve under a preacher years ago and every time that uh, I didn't uh, agree with anything he said, he'd tell me I need to pray through again. And, he, and, and they like to, 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 to convince you that you're always wrong. But listen to me. When you listen to the voice of God, you are not ever wrong. Amen? And the Lord has filled us with his spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us understanding. He's given us a knowledge. He's given us all these abilities. He's revealed himself to us. When you got saved, every person that say, says, I got saved, has encountered Jesus Christ. Listen to me. If you haven't encountered him, you're not saved. If you didn't hear his voice, when you heard his voice, you came forward and you encountered him. So you encountered him. He's the one who saved your soul. He's the one that fills you with His Holy Spirit. He's the one that sets you up and puts you on the straight and narrow way. And that's, that's who we listen to. But when you start listening to everybody but Him, murmuring, complaining, bickering, fighting, disagreement, you're not happy. Amen? Some people say you lose your joy. Well, I don't believe that. I believe if you've lost your joy, it's because you didn't have any to start with. Amen? Amen? Amen. We got this happy and joy thing so confused that we think if we're not happy, we can't have joy. Our joy is not because we're happy or sad. It's because we know Christ. That is our joy. That's what we rejoice in. No matter what our life situation, we still rejoice. And sometimes... Every once in a while, you see people going through the most awful things in their life, and they still rejoice in God. And then you see others going through similar things, and it's just, oh, woe is me. Where's God? What's he thinking? What's he doing? Why ain't he looking? Why ain't he listening? 
Why ain't he doing, why am I going through this? And this is what these people are doing right now. They're wanting to know what in the world has the Lord brought us here and we've got this back. Now these people ain't even seen this for themselves. They're listening to 10 other people. Yeah. Amen? Uh, amen? And it's people that they have selected to send to go look for. And so they decided to listen to these people and they began to murmur. And look at what they say. Wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword? It's God's fault. It's God's fault. We're where we are. Now let me ask you a question. Up till now, have they seen some great miracles from God? Have they seen His power? Have they seen Him destroy an army? Did they not see Him part the Red Sea? You know what? I heard a guy talking about this the other day about the Red Sea. It might have been at Sunday night's uh, service. It was at Sunday night's service. He said not only did, they, did he part the Red Sea, they were kicking up dust while it was going along on, on that trail. Amen? Amen. They saw that. They witnessed that very thing. And so he said, that, so they said, but he has brought us here to kill us with a sword that it is not better for us to return unto Egypt. When we start listening to the wrong voices and we start murmuring and complaining, it changes our whole mindset that God can do anything, that God can't do nothing for me. Ooh. Hey, y'all, we in church tonight, ain't we? Huh? Amen. And so he said, and then they, they go on to say, and that our wives and our children, not only is he going to kill all us men, he's going to kill our wives, he's going to kill our children. We're just like prey to vicious animals, is what, he's, what they begin to say. And then they say the biggie. Wouldn't it be better if he would have just left us in Egypt? Let me tell you what. When you get to the point in your Christian walk, where you wish you was back where you came from, you better pay to pray through again. Amen. 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 You better find that altar and get back down them knees and say, Lord, I done run slap out. Fill me up, please. And get renewed. That's why we got to do that all the time, by the way. That's why you need to do it often, not just once in a blue moon. Not just during a revival service, y'all. We ain't even had revival here. Think about it. Don't, don't wait till revival. You, you can be renewed any time you feel that need. And if you don't, if you don't renew yourself, listen to me, you'll want to go back to Egypt. You'll want to go back to living. Y'all, you see it all the time. You see people who come to church, be a part of the church, just fall in and do all the work, and all of a sudden, poof, they leave. And they go right back where they came from. They start doing the very, I know I'm a witness of that. I did that. When the Lord delivered me of drinking and smoking and all that stuff, when I backslid, you know where I went? Right back to it. Mm -hmm. I wanted me some Egypt. And until I found him again, until I came to that altar again, until I renewed my vows to him, I ain't looked back since that time. But I made up my mind I wasn't going to go back to Egypt again. 
And we don't need to ever want to go back to Egypt. And if we do, it's a sure sign that it's time to renew your vows with God. Amen? Amen. It's, it's a sure sign. And then they said one, now they, they don't stop there. Because now not only are they murmuring against God, blaming God, saying that God wants to destroy them and their children and their wives. What kind of God do they think they're serving, Troy? Where, where did the God that they were following go? What happened? All it took was some negative talk. That's right. All it took was that for them to listen to the wrong voices. Mm -hmm. hmm. Go listening to man instead of God. He's going to trip you up every time. Amen. Amen. Because listen to me. Man can't. We're nothing of ourselves. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. But with him, guess what? We can do all things through Him. Amen? All things through Him. And so they, 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 they wanted to go back to Egypt. And then they said, now look at this. Let's choose another leader. <coughs> Let's get us another leader. We don't like this one no more. And now they're, now they're, they're insulting Moses. God's already straightened up one time for doing this. He done talked to Aaron and, and uh, Miriam. He done got their, their attention by insulting his chosen vessel, his leader. And so he, he said, uh, let's make us another one. Let's pick our own captain. Mm-mm. What <laughs> You better be careful when you decide you want to pick your own captain. You know what they wanted? They wanted a captain that would do what they told him to do. They wanted a captain that didn't tell them what to do, but one that they could tell him what they were going to do. And he would comply with them. That's what they wanted. Just like churches today, they don't want a preacher to preach the truth. They don't want the preacher to stomp on their toes. They don't want to tell, they don't want to hear what's wrong. Yeah. They just want to hear we're doing A-OK. -okay, and we don't want to hear nothing else from you. Yeah. We want to hear that God is going to put up with our nonsense. That God is going to let us do anything we want to do. We can live in Egypt and still go to the promised land. Don't go that way. It, uh, they're on the Broadway, ain't they, brother? They're on the Broadway and they don't even know it. They're on the Broadway. And we're seeing that, it, it, y'all, it's not something new. This has been going on ever since I was a church. Amen? Amen. Been going on ever since I was a church. Somebody wanted to come in and and please everybody and just kind of tippy-toe around God. And it never did work. And it still don't. Balaam was one of them. Yeah. He knew what God wanted, but he knew what he wanted too. And he just wanted to, he knew there was a line somewhere in there. He didn't know where it was. 
He knew there was a line in there that as long as he didn't cross it, he thought he was okay. He, he, you don't know God good enough to do that. None of us do. I don't think God's got an invisible line for me and you. Amen? Because you know in the scripture, there's some people that did things, he just killed them graveyard dead right there on the spot. And then there's other people that did what we perceive as worse than they did, and he just let them go. <laughs> That's the way God is. And so he's, he, they, they, he's sitting there listening to me. He's sitting there listening to all this. Do you really think God can't hear you when you murmur, gripe, complain, moan, and groan, and want to do things different? from the way he has shown us to do it. You really think he don't know what you're thinking, what you're saying, what you're doing? He's, he's, he's saying every bit of this. But see, they're not, he's not foremost in their thoughts and hearts and minds right now. They ain't looking at that cloud that's hovering right there beside them. They're focused on the 10 people who lied to them, who told them we can't. They're scared. And so he said, they said, so let's make us a captain. And look what they said. And we want to go back to Egypt. Now get, get this. They're within a couple of miles of this promised land. And they want to go back to Egypt and walk back into Egypt after the Lord God's already destroyed all of Pharaoh's army and walk in and say, right, we back. And they think it's going to be good? Really? Crossing the Red Sea. Yeah, well, <laughs> well they, they parted once, it'll do it again. Well, they just think it's straight. Our new captain will smite that water and it'll for him too. Uh, it wouldn't be dusty. Yeah. <laughs> but think how ridiculous this sounds to us. And we see it all around us already today. The same type of, of thinking, the same logic, the same sneaking, conniving, going on like God can't see any of this. Poor old God. He's old. <laughs> He's ancient. He's decrepit. He's like me. He can't hear. And he can't see without glasses. Don't ever think he's that way. Don't ever make that mistake. You know what the world calls him today in this book? Outdated. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. God's outdated. Y'all didn't know that? You ain't never heard them say that? The Word of God's outdated. You're going to go by that book that was written that many centuries ago. It don't have nothing to do with the way we are today. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> These people got the same kind of mindset we got today. Same sins. And then Moses and Aaron, when, when Moses heard this, now Aaron had already been spanked over this very thing. And he saw what happened to Miriam. And if Moses hadn't prayed for her, she'd still be a leper. <coughs> and so when he heard it and Moses heard it, look at their reaction. They fell on their faces. So the assembly could see them fall on their faces. And they began to pray to God. Because they didn't have a clue what God was thinking to do to these people. Amen? Amen. <laughs> then Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb also, the one that gave the good report, which uh, they tore their clothes, they rent their clothes, and they began to pray 
and to weep and to mourn. And they spoke. Now Moses and, and Aaron's praying. They know that no matter what they say to the congregation, they've got to pray to God because they know God fixes them to do something real bad to these people. And so they're interceding for them. And we've already brought up, that's what Christ's doing for us right now. That's what he's doing for all these people out here in the, in the, in the church today that's, that's trying to do these very things. He's still interceding for them. That's the only reason the Lord ain't done come destroyed everything. Amen? And so they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land, they try to convince them, the land is, is here. It's, it's a good land. The Lord delights in us. He will give us the land. He will give it unto us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Whatever you do, neither, neither, neither fear ye the people of the land, and they are uh, the, because they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And look what the congregation decided to do when that happened, when they said that. Ready to stone them. They wanted to stone them. They wanted them to kill them. They wanted to kill them because they were in full 100% support of God. Mm -hmm. They wanted them dead because that ain't what they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. They wanted to stone them. Now, what happens when they decide they want to kill these two men? The Lord shows up. Uh-oh. The Lord shows up. He, he, ain't, he, ain't, he ain't never been nowhere. He's still there, but he steps in to this conversation now. He steps in, and his will's fixing to be done. Well, I bet that got their attention out there. Don't you know it? I think maybe like when he spoke suddenly, you know, when Miriam and, and, uh, and Aaron was chewing Moses out for marrying that Ethiopian woman, the Bible said that God suddenly spake to them. He spoke and they woke, oh, we woke him up. That's the way we look at God sometimes as a sleeping God that don't see us anymore. And if we just don't wake him up, well, we can get by with anything. <laughs> hey. My, my mom and daddy used to let me and my sister stay up late at night and they go to bed. And we knew that as long as we didn't get too loud, too rowdy, we could pretty much get by with doing anything we wanted to do. But when we woke them up, whoo, when that door come flying open and you could hear daddy tromping down that hallway, we're we probably going to get a spanking and have to go to bed. Well, they woke God up. They got his attention when they picked up those rocks and went to stone those people who were standing up for him. Now I'm going to stand up for you. Yeah. Amen? Hmm. <laughs> and and he, he, he lets them know that he ain't happy. How long will this people provoke me? You don't think God's got a limit? He absolutely does. Remember what he told Noah? My spirit will not always strive with man. 
I'm going to draw a line. You ever read Romans chapter 1 about lesbians and homosexuals? You ever read that chapter? While these people are all biting their lips and running their lips about how God's okay with that stuff, you read that and see what he does to them. He turns them over to a reprobate mind because he gets fed up with dealing with them. And he said he lets them believe the trash that we're here to preach today. That he's okay with it. That's what a reprobate mind is. There's no, there's no judgment for this sin. God's okay with it. And they really believe that. You know why? Because God gave them that mind. But listen to me. He didn't give it to the rest of us. So don't fall for that hogwash and that malarkey. Amen. I don't care how many Hallmark movies they put them in. How great they reveal that they are. How good of citizens they are. How they are so sweet and kind to children. What great parents they'll make. How much they love one another. How beautiful their relationship is. Don't never fall for that junk. Because they're turned over to a reprobate mind. And they ought to see what God sees. So he steps into this. And he says, how long? How much longer will they provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe in me? How long are they going to believe that I can do what I say I can do? How long is it going to take them to believe who I am and what I can do. How long? Amen. Amen. Reckon he's asking that same question still? Yeah. With the New Testament church, how long before they believe I am who I said I am? You know when he'll believe that we believe him? Do you know? I know. I know when he'll believe that you believe in him. When you start living like it. When you start acting like it. When you start obeying him and doing what thus says the word of God. That's when he'll believe you. That you believe in him. <laughs> Simple, isn't it? When you quit just talking the talk and start walking the walk. Amen. That's, that's when it takes place. Talk's cheap. Talk don't mean nothing until you do it. And then it's worth something. James, that's what the book of James is about. Mm -hmm. Read that one. And it's all about that. And then he gets angry. You don't think God's got a te temper? The world today tells us, nah, he don't have no temper. He ain't going to hurt us. That's the reprobate mind. Part of the reprobate mind that they get that they think they can do anything and he loves them so much he's just going to say, that's okay. I read an article today. I'm kind of glad we're filming this tonight. <coughs> where Pope Francis <laughs> was talking to the people who don't believe in God and he actually had the Audacity. No, that's not audacity. He had the pure stupidity. There you go. I don't believe he even believes in God. No. 
to tell people who don't even believe in God that they can still go to heaven if they'll just act right. God help that Pope. Yeah. He's popeless <laughs> and hopeless and preaching a lie that was going to damn a lot of people. Take them straight to hell. That's, that's the preaching Listen to me. He ain't got the power to pray them out of hell. Uh -huh. He don't have the authority to pray them out of hell. You can't pay him enough money to get him to pray you out of hell because he can't do it. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we need to say about that. It's a lie. But it's coming from the highest rank. Amen. Amen. Who's Jesus? What did he die for? <laughs> what does he expect out of us? What role does he play? Is there no Holy Ghost in the Catholic Church? Is there no power for the people of that church? Not in St. Peter's Basilica anymore. I don't know. I can't tell you about the rest of it. I always say I never do things like this, but that just turned my stomach when I read that. Well, that's true. It's absolutely true. Anyway, anyway, he said uh, he he carried on, and he said after all I've shown these people, they still don't believe in me. Why do they provoke me? He said, I will smite them with pestilence. Now this is the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever, by the way. This is the God of the New Testament. And he said, I'm going to smite them and I'm going to disinherit them. I'm going to take their inheritance away and I'm going to make of you, he's talking to Moses, a greater nation and mightier than they are. Could God have done that? Yes, he could. Let's read on. Any questions or comments about this? This is some powerful stuff in the Old Testament that's speaking to all of us today. And this is not only about who we are sometimes, but who God is. Who God is. Amen. The side of God that the world don't want you to know about. That he's going to hold us accountable for what we say and what we do and what we believe. Amen. He is going to hold us accountable. I don't care what any of them tell you. He is. He didn't send his son to die for us in vain. He didn't send his son to die for us for we to spit in his blood and make fun of his cross. To take advantage of his grace and mercy by seeing how much we can sin and get by with. <laughs> we don't need to provoke God that way. Amen. Somebody, somebody go say something? Somebody read for me verses uh, 13 through 25, please. But Moses replied to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear about it, for by your strength you brought up this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. 
how you, Lord, are seen face to face, how your cloud stands over them, and how you go before them in a pillar of a cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. If you kill these people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will declare Since the Lord wasn't able to bring these people into the land he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. <coughs> so now, may my Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bring the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children of the third and fourth generations. Please pardon the iniquity of these people, in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you have requested, yet as surely as I live, and as the holy earth is filled with the Lord's glory, None of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their fathers. None of those who have despised me will see it. But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him to the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Ancomalites and Canaanites are living in the lowlands, Turn back tomorrow and head for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Okay. So the Mo Moses immediately begins to intercede for these people. He begins to reason with God. I want y'all to notice that. You can reason with God. Can you believe that? Yeah. I do. But let me ask you a question about theology. I'm not a theologian. I know Neither are you. Neither am I. <laughs> Do you honestly believe Moses had this much wisdom instantly at this time, or do you think God put this into his mind to ask? I think that Moses learned these things from his, uh, as he had obeyed God, he had grown in grace and knowledge of God. He knew more than anybody that was alive at that time the how God was and what God would do. And I think what he says here is what he had learned about God in his, in, in his walk with God. He had looked back over his life, especially this first 40. He, he had to wonder why he was put in Egypt to start with and all that. Then he looked at the second 40 where he was out in the desert and he had lived 40 years with this, this man that believed in false gods and, and then he encountered God all of a sudden and got sent. And he, he was... He, looked at all this stuff and wondered and he had seen God in his life this whole time even even till now and he had witnessed the miracles of God and he had done exactly what God told him to do no matter how silly it sounded he did it and then he saw what God did with what he told him to say yes sir. and the Holy Spirit was with Moses and the Holy Spirit was upon Moses all this time not not these other folks last week we talked about where the Lord told Moses you bring these men into into the tabernacle into the outer court and I'm going to take some of your spirit and I'm going to put it on them so Moses had the Holy Spirit upon him and he put it upon these other people and they, and they were they were given that so they could help rule the people and, and so, no, I don't think God put this stuff in Moses, but I think in a way he did. Well, and, saying that the, he had the Holy Spirit right there is telling me that the Holy Spirit is helping him. Well, the Holy Spirit is God. Sure. So, 
you know, if the Holy Spirit's helping him, then God is helping bring this argument in my mind. I, you know, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. work my way through this. You know, I go back here and say, how long will these people provoke me? Well, God knows how long these people are going to provoke me. Why would he ask this question? Because he wanted Moses to intercede with them. Right. Because he, he wants Moses to be a picture of who Christ is for us today, interceding for us. Yeah. But at the same time, these things that Moses said, look, look in verse 16, the Lord was not able to bring, he said, you, if you do this, the people are going to say, you weren't able to do what you said you were going to do. Right. He challenged God. Right. Now, you can say God challenged himself if you want to. Have you ever challenged God? Anybody here? Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever said, Lord, you promised me this? I want it. Have you ever done that? Huh? Have you ever have you ever prayed and said, I want to claim the promise from the word? Yep. <laughs> anyway, he said, uh, uh, you know, these people are going to look around and say, huh, he just brought them out of Egypt. He delivered them and he just brought them out here to snuff them out. What kind of God is he? Don't you wonder when he was speaking to Moses, that's who he was talking to, but who was listening? Oh, this is happening before the congregation. That's what it sounds like. Now, I don't know if they're hearing God's voice at this moment or not. But they're hearing Moses. <laughs> it's pretty mad. They might be. They may be hearing him. I don't know. But And, and then he goes on to say, uh, And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, and he talked about long-suffering, great mercy, forgiving iniquity, transgression, uh, by, and he said, and by the way, look in verse 18. He said, Lord, I, I want you to do all these things because this is who you are. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, look at this. But by no means clearing the guilty. Do you see that? That's what I've been trying to get across to people. You can sin and be forgiven, but you're still guilty. There's still a consequence. And he said, he said, I want you to be all these things with these people. You don't have to clear them of their guilt. And then he goes on and talks. He said, you can, you can punish them. Look, all the way to the third and fourth generation. That's your prerogative, God. That's who you are. You can do that. When I'm not asking you to clear them of their guilt. I'm asking you to be long-suffering with them and don't destroy them. Wow. That's a preacher's prayer right there. Amen. Amen. He said, pardon, pardon. I beseech thee, I'm begging you, Lord, pardon the iniquity of this people according, not because of who they are, but because of how great you are. Boy, he's, he's talking to God now, ain't he? Hey, you know, I told y'all last week what I heard that preacher at that funeral say, me and Brother James and, and uh, who else was with us? Bob, we heard this preacher say, you can, you can uh, reason with God and question God, but you better remember who you're talking to when you do it. Mm -hmm. Moses knew who he was talking to. And he was using the power and the strength and the great and wonderful, beautiful attributes of God to bring it to God's attention. This is who you are to us. We're sinners. We're not God's. Thank God that he knows that. He sent Jesus 
Jesus, in a way, was God's spy. He sent him down to experience all of what troubles us so much. And that's why he can't be reached by us. He does understand our temptations. He does understand our trials. He understands our iniquities. He understands us. So we can reach him with the feelings of our infirmities. The Bible tells us that. Why? Because he lived among us as a man. And if Moses reasons with God and, and gives these great qualities and these great strength, <laughs> look what God says. Verse 20. That's what Abraham did whenever those three came to him. Said it's going to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Abraham reasoned with the Lord about thinking. Yeah. Find even ten people righteous. Yeah. Yeah. He did. And look what the result is. <clears throat> Abraham wasn't successful on getting the Lord not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But Moses is successful about getting him to not destroy Israel. In verse 20, he says, And the Lord said, I have pardoned. Now listen to it. According to your word. Do you see that? If you don't think prayer is powerful, you, if you don't think prayer changes things, you don't believe that statement right there. Because James tells us that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Amen. You just saw this in the scripture. This is what Moses has done. This is our example of that type of prayer. Where you don't make excuses for your sin. You build up the great God who has the say-so over whether you survive it or not. Woo. Some of us has got children, listen to me, that wouldn't be here right now if you didn't pray those kind of prayers for them. Amen? Amen. There's many of us that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the prayers of our That's right. mothers and fathers. That's right. Remember, always remember that. How powerful this is. And as Moses prayed this powerful prayer and built up God. The people tore him down. You heard that. It invoked his anger. Moses turned his attention to how great you are. And it changed him. He responded to that. Amen? Amen. Well, that's worship, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a prayer that's, of worship. That's, that's prayer of praise. Yeah. And and you'll never pray a more powerful prayer in the eyes of God than the prayer you pray for another person. Amen? Amen. Amen. But he said, now, now listen to this, because Moses already told him, this by no means clears their guilt. That, that was part of his prayer. And he said, so I have pardoned them according to your word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know what that statement meant? 
whatever they do, they can't stop my promise to this world. Do you see that? Because all of these men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, we already talked about some of the things they saw. And they saw some great ones in Egypt too. He said, and look at this, and have tempted me now. Did y'all see that? Ten times. Ten times. Now let me tell you, ask you something. <laughs> how many of you believe that God knows how many times you sinned against him? That's spooky, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me. He was keeping count while they were doing it. And he lets us know right here. See, he the, the book of life and the book of, of the Bible are not the only books in heaven. Did y'all know that? There is a book called the book of remembrance. He writes in it all the time. Amen. He ain't like Debbie here. She goes to, to, to school and she just one person. She just writes so much, but God ain't just one person. Listen to me. He ain't just three either. He, he's omnipresent. You know what that means? He can be everywhere, all the time, anytime. And he is. So he's capable of keeping records. He's capable of remembering everything. He ain't like me who can't remember your name half the time. He don't never forget your name. <laughs> when we said sometimes we wish he could kind of forget who we were for just a little bit, didn't we? And then he said these, I have tempted, they have tempted me these ten times and still they haven't hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall see the land which I swear unto their, they shall not see the land which I have sworn unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Hmm. He wasn't going to make another nation. But he wasn't going to let this bunch in here. And not only that, he also, I don't, uh, he said, nobody but the servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, God's calling rebellion a spirit. God's calling murmuring and discontentment a spirit. Caleb and Joshua didn't do that. Now he don't mention Joshua here. You know why? Because he already knows Joshua's next in line for Moses. That's already a done deal to God. So he's speaking here to Caleb and he said Caleb has a different spirit. What kind of different spirit did he have? <laughs> the Holy One. He believed God. Amen? The other ones didn't have that spirit. They didn't believe God. But he had that different spirit with him. 
and have followed me, look at this, fully. Boy, that's a recommendation from on high if I ever heard one. Can God say that about all of us? Man, I wish he could. He has followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Hallelujah. Y'all, we, we're going to stop right here. We're going to stop right here because we don't have time to go through the rest of this chapter. And, uh, and uh, so we need to pick this up. This is something we need to remember about God. He don't like murmuring and complaining. He don't like for us to doubt what He can do. He wants us to believe He can do everything. He wants us to obey Him. He wants us to believe every promise in this book. Every prophecy of this book. And He wants us to study this book to know what those promises and those prophecies are. Amen? And he holds us accountable by those things. <clears throat> what we say about him and how we act toward him. And if you think for one minute you can cut God down, how many of you ever heard people say bad things about God? There's more out there than you think. Brother, I, I read something that just curled hair on the back of my neck. A man said, I'll never read the Bible again. There's too much killing in it. <laughs> and, and I thought, man, what a simple attitude to have. He wouldn't read the Bible anymore because there's too much killing in it. That's just an excuse. That's just an excuse, right? But that just curled the hair on the back of my neck. I can't believe the things. People are saying and doing. Well, there's a lot of killing in it. Oh, no doubt. For what reason? God wanted to do that. But enough. you know, still to come, there's going to be more people killed by God than has ever lived previous to now. You that's know what still, that's still to come. Right? You know what the left one is right now? The no. head count. 30 billion people. In the world? Yeah. It's in the beginning of time. I don't know where they got that. I have no clue, but they're passing that along as possibly the number of people that have been on this earth. We know there's going to be 200 million of them. That's right, just in an orbit. He's not through yet, but he's going to do it for a reason. And not just because he don't want to kill anybody. But he is going to protect his people. Mm -hmm. He is. And we can read, you go read Revelation. Go read it. It ain't just in Revelation either. It's all through, the, it's prophesied all through the Old Testament. Revelation just gives us a picture of the fulfillment of some of those prophecies that are very, very, very hard to understand and comprehend. But they're there. Amen. And so that's the key is to study the Word of God. 
Keep on studying the Word of God. Know who He is. Pray consistently. Pray <coughs> fervently. And don't be afraid to ask Him to fill you with His Spirit over and over and over again. Don't be afraid to reason with Him, but do it correctly by lifting Him up and honoring His deity. Not talking down to Him like He's a three-year-old. Or calling Him a liar. Or saying He's mean. <laughs> I mean, we could just go on and on. Reason with God anytime you want to. If you want to know something, ask Him. Yeah. Ask Him. And as you study, He'll show you some things. Amen. Amen. I sure do love y'all. Thank y'all for being here tonight. And this, uh, I know it gets dark early, and it's hard. To, most of most of you going to go home, go to bed, and seven o'clock. So don't you think God here? He doesn't know. I mean, God wouldn't know how you how it feels to have sore, tired feet. God wouldn't know at this point before Jesus come to earth how, how it really feels how a human feels when he's scared he hadn't experienced it he hadn't, he hadn't experienced it yet right the bible said the angels don't even understand us they certainly don't understand why we don't believe everything god says yeah. remember when they came after jesus had resurrected and when they talked to those women he ain't here yeah I mean, they heard Jesus tell them, I'm going to bury them all right again the third day. And when they showed up on the third day looking for him in that tomb, he ain't here. He told you. <laughs> Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He ain't here just like he told you he wouldn't be here. That's kind of the way I read that when I read that. I, get, I laugh at that when I read that because that's the way I feel like that angel. They can't understand us. Not only can they not understand our doubt and disbelief, they can't understand our salvation either. They can't understand the grace and the mercy. They can't understand those things. They can't understand why God puts up with us. No, they can't. Probably can't. They probably can't understand that either. Amen. Those angels are kind of when you when you look at them, they ain't never no doubt. When God tells them to go do something, that's what they do. And they don't understand why we don't do that either. Amen. God is great. He's our God. He loves us more than we can imagine. I think that's why he listened to Moses so hard, is because Moses was that. He was that interceptor. He knows what it feels like, and he could tell God things God hadn't experienced. Yeah. And, you know, although God had not experienced those things yet because Christ had not been born, the Bible says that Christ was slain before the foundation of the earth. Yeah. So in the mind of God, before he ever formed man, Christ's salvation was already there. Christ was already there. Yeah, and all of that plan, that beautiful, wonderful plan that, that played out in the scripture and the Gospels was a, was not not a, just a spur of the moment thing with God. Yeah. 
It was a plan that he had set into motion before the foundation of the world. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, this third chapter of Genesis. Yeah. You know, that uh, I will send, I don't remember exactly, it's a man from the seed of Eve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always been the seed of a man, but if you look at that one verse, it's the seed of a woman. Yeah, it's the seed of the woman. Completely opposite of everything. That's why, and he set that up for Jesus to be born of the virgin. Absolutely. She came from the seed of the, he came from the seed of the woman, but not the man. And even before that, you know, when he says, let's make man in our image, you know, he didn't say my image, he said our image, which means more than one. And in the New Testament, the Bible says that Jesus is the expressed image of God. Absolutely. That's the image he created man in. Good stuff here, y'all. Would you stand? We'll be uh, Sunday morning. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. And so y'all try to get here and invite all your friends. And, uh, you know, I kind of like it that some of you got here an hour early because you forgot to set your clocks back. And, uh, and uh, had to come Sunday school. Yeah, nice Sunday school class. Yeah, yeah. They, that, that, that room was full in there. So uh, anyway, and uh, thank y'all for being here tonight. And I love you. And, and there's a good crowd here tonight. And uh, we need to be praying for our, you know, I said some bad things a while ago about the uh, Catholic Church and the Pope, not really the Catholic Church. We need to be in prayer for our brothers and sisters. Amen. That, uh, yeah. you know, the Lord would give them the wisdom to, to begin to read his word. To read. They have access to his word. To read his word and let him speak to them in that, through that word. And, and, and learn for each one of us need to do that and know when we're being told wrongly and make sure we don't fall for that kind of stuff. Amen? Amen. Let me explain. You know, we have talked to some Catholics locally who have said they have had a Holy Spirit movement in their church. <coughs> but, you know, what I was talking about all ago, this is the, the, the language of the beast. I was talking about the Pope and the Pope alone. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's very possible that that's, that's absolutely true. It is. That's the language of the beast. Yeah. I think, meant the, huh? I think he meant the movement in some of the Catholic oh, churches. Yeah. But y'all be careful going home tonight and uh, love you. And uh, don't get to tell somebody about the Lord and about people to church. I'm about the Lord's Supper. And I uh, hope to see all of you here. And uh, Brother Sam, would you dismiss it, please? Now, Father, once again, we do want to thank you for this church that we have to come together with other believers and hear your word taught, proclaim, give us, give us the understanding to understand your word, accept your word. And Lord, we just thank you for each and every one of our church members. Lord, we thank you for those that make intercession for different ones at different times. And Lord, that you tell us in your word that effectual fervent prayer availed much. Lord, we know that in our own self there's no goodness or anything about us good, but only through Christ that lives in us. Lord, you know each and every one that's on the prayer list. You know who they are, what their needs are. You know the ones that's been mentioned this evening also. We just ask that you bless and be merciful unto them, touch and heal bodies. Give mercy wherever it's needed. Forgive us for where we fail you and be with us as we 
His separate ways, you us all safe, traveling grace. This others out on the road. Ask God, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amen. brother. Nine o'clock.